Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week, join us on the gaming adventure as we face off against all manner of dragons and beasts, massive weapons on full display, using our trusty wire bugs to move swiftly across the world of Monster Hunter Rise. Plus, we're talking a little about Borderlands 3, and we've got quite a bit of news this week. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. is why Al is the greatest character from the greatest game, The Peacekeepers, for the SNES, featuring the greatest feature of all time, the ability to change the color values on every character and every enemy in the game, and I rest my case. You're saying he's the best character or he's the best Al? I'm saying he's the best character in gaming. Al? Yeah, you know, from Peacekeepers. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about Al being the best game character i mean he he certainly wouldn't sell out to hollywood would he who would he's not even the best owl <sighs> who's the best owl there's a lot of owls. oh i know who the best owl is you don't even have to <laughs> it's weird Al. <laughs> i was just thinking that too <laughs> it took me a second to, to to think of it but wait no so was weird owl ever in a video game I'm trying to think. I've met him. Um, let me think. You've met him? Oh yeah. I've met him. I've met Wordell. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he has. Maybe I don't know. He was a, a a transformer. I think he was like the garbage one. Yeah, he was in the movie, right? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Or, I don't know. I don't know. He was. His, I think it was one of the cartoon shows. Yeah. And he was also in Robot Chicken. I saw that it is true. last night, ninth season. Robot Chicken did a music video for him on, like, his, like, what album? I can't remember it, but they did, I know they did one of the music videos for him. I saw a Weird Al concert once. It was very good. Same. Yeah. I did, I, I did see one of those, too. I wonder if it was at the same one. <laughs> Probably, most likely. Yeah. Uh, well, it's certainly been a week for games, I have to say. So, let's get right into it. You are listening to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. It is a podcast gaming adventure hosted by me, Daniel, and my co-host and good friend, Robert. Have you been this week? All right. Just, you know, everything's still kind of the same, but pretty all right. Have you been? I've been all right myself, and like I said, it's been a, a big week for games, at least for stuff I've been playing, so I've been on it a lot the past week or so since we've recorded. Um, but before we get started today, and now is a, as good a time as any. Um, so we had experienced some delays in the next uh, expansion to the main mission meal, originally introduced in episode three, but the next season-ing of DLC is finally here. So we had, you know, our base sets, and then we had the Bug Snacks expansion, and then the Bug Snacks, well, we found something out about the Bug Snacks, but this, there, nothing can go wrong with this. Our expansion number two for the Seasoning Pass is the Monster Hunter Rise Dongo DLC. Now, there are so many flavors of these Dongo, and if you don't know what that is, it's the, the Japanese-like delicacy that they're like little balls, and they're on a skewer, and they've got different flavors and everything. And I think the cool thing about this expansion is that every time you grab your main mission or main mission with cheese um, meal, you can get a loot box that has one skewer of dongo with three different ones on it now there are many different colors to collect they are consumable and they taste really good it's it's only meant to enhance your meal and i was thinking what if we threw in some gold ones gold ones that aren't edible but you can exchange them for brand new toys on on the menu i'm so i'm so so the gold is not edible they make edible gold yeah but you can't exchange it if you eat it that's uh, true. That is. Tr- I guess that there is. But a, but they would give you a. They would give you a free, a, a free, like edible one 
with the toy. Now, let's see. Is the gold... Now, this is a bar or what we got? We got a nugget, a bar, <laughs> what type of gold we talking here? It's just a golden dongo. You can get cool figures from it, like uh, a new Bubsy, glow-in-the-dark. <laughs> glow-in-the-dark Bubsy? I mean, who doesn't want a glow-in-the-dark Bubsy? I don't know, because maybe when you wake up in the middle of the night, you don't want to see a glow-in-the-dark Bubsy staring at you. Oh, I got to chill up my spine just now. It just the glow-in-the-dark Bubsy <laughs> sitting on the shelf, but when you wake up in the morning, it's it's on the on the bedside. <laughs> Imagine. Okay, maybe roll back on the on the glow in the dark Bubsy. Now glow in the dark Glover. Okay, yeah, glow in the dark Glover is just a glove that glows in the dark. Maybe Croc. Maybe. Certainly Knuckles. Knuckles is the best character, isn't he? He really is. He's just the. He's just. The he's greatest. definitely the mascot for the main mission meal. A main mission with Knuckles. <laughs> a main mission with Knuckles. He's like the main character. Actually, he probably took the. No, he was a main character. Knuckles Chaotic, I forgot. He was a main character at one point. Yeah, he had his own game. He should have more games. You should. But in the grand scheme of things, I think the main mission meal, second expansion, is really going to flesh out the, the development of this. And, you know, you were telling me we've got something in the works. Uh, a second seasoning pass. The dessert seasoning pass. So I think there's plenty more to look forward to in the future. Eat your, you know, your main mission, but, you know gotta save room for some dessert and and we also now have a main mission on sourdough Ooh, on sourdough i do like sourdough actually i'm not with sourdough it's good did you know they actually make a bug snack strabby plush i saw it online they did they did now this begs the question where is the barbecue bunger um plush barbecue i i kind of want that now i do too <laughs> anyhow man i want it you know you're making me really think should i get it right now the strabby the strabby it's very like cute i think it's on fan ending, gamer ending was he's literally at the end of the game yeah that's true we are getting way out of hand let's talk about some news <laughs> <laughs> and i will say one of these news stories will come so full circle by the end that it is unheard of in this podcast so far of something coming as full circle as a particular news story. So we're not going to start with it. We are going to start with the sad news that by the time you hear this podcast, Super Mario 3D All-Stars and Mario 35 and Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light will not be for sale anymore. Most likely retailers, I'm assuming and guessing would still have some copies oh, yeah. but they will no longer get new copies like once what what they have that's it they can't order any new stocks they can't do none of that so if you're maybe like i said maybe a month from now you're just at a store and you ha- so happen to see it and it's still on the shelf i say pick it up if you can because if you still don't have it just pick it up or else it's going to be a struggle to find it later so obviously once this goes out it's going to be a little too late but i'm pretty sure we've mentioned to Go out, pick it up, either digital or physical, order it, do whatever you need to do. Yeah. And I believe some stores are already taken off, like, the digital codes early on, like, today. Yeah, I saw that. And, um, it, I mean, look, if you find it a month from now, consider yourself lucky, because I don't think they're going to last the weekend. Now that people know. No. <laughs> so, that is unfortunate. They'll... That'll, there'll be that one copy that just no one, that one store that no one just hit up, and it's just there. It's just gonna, like, it's just gonna be there. Like so. when they found that copy of Sonic the Hedgehog two in that Toys R Us one time. <laughs> Someone found Mario Kart sixty four. Wow. At Toys R Us. Crazy, just hiding somewhere, waiting, like a glow in the dark Bubsy. <laughs> <sighs> just waiting, ready to pounce. So, in other news. They're making a Ghost of Tsushima movie. I'm so hyped for this because I feel like a lot of care would be taken in making this movie. I feel like it's such a respected thing at this point to wear. And look, they could cast the guy that plays um, Jin in the movie. He's already an actor in other shows and stuff. I've, I've always thought of this idea in my head saying they're making the wrong video game movies. A game like Mario, it's hard to make that into a feature film. A game like Sonic, surprisingly, I think they still did pretty well, at least from what I've heard. I have multiple people who've seen it. Like, you've seen it, and you said it was pretty good. No, I've not seen it. Oh, you've not seen it? Oh, 
I know who saw it. It was my brother. He saw mm. it, and he said it was actually pretty good. I want to watch it. I think it's on streaming. Think think about it like this. Games like Ghosts, Red Dead Redemption, and just like story uncharted, story-based games like Adaptations. And I said, what if, hear me out, Martin Scorsese, right, directs Mafia the video game the movie. Now, that would be good. I'm not going to argue with you there. But I feel like Martin Scorsese would not do an adaptation of a game. Maybe I'm wrong, but it hey would be good. I mean, he knows the genre. Yeah, so it's just, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's those movies or games that you know that honestly, this has a better chance of being a really good film, like Ghost. Yeah, um, I think it's the John Wick guy. Am I getting that right? I think so. I think it's the guy who directed the John Wick trilogy. So I guess action is par for the course for this this guy. Um, I've not seen John Wick, but I know they're good action movies, and Ghost of Tsushima is an action game with a, you know, pretty decent plot. So, I mean, I gotta say I'm looking forward to it. They have the they have the man there himself if they want to cast the same guy that did the voice in the motion capture, so I say do it. Um, and this comes along with news that the game itself has sold six and a half million copies, which is crazy high for a brand new IP. Now, here's here's my thing. Who would who would be the team to direct this? And would it be an American team or a Japanese team? The movie. Now, that's my question. Yeah, the movie. I just thought of that right now. I was like, what? Who would really put in effort? Would it be a Japanese studio and a team, or would it be an, uh, a Western team? Well, it's probably gonna be Western since it's the John Wick guy. But, mm, you know, true. both have their strengths, I think. Yeah. Like, I've seen some Japanese movies, and they are very good. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's probably going to be done by a studio, probably Sony Pictures. <laughs> I mean, think about, like, as the same thing that Sucker Punch did the game, and I don't think they're, they're not a Japanese studio, No, right? Sucker Punch isn't a Japanese studio. Yeah, so as long as they have, you know, their respect and, you know, and all that towards... Oh, the for sure. Movie just how they did with the game. I think they'll be fine. I think with them becoming like tourism ambassadors and everything, they've like shown tremendous respect for the culture in the game. Um, the island itself, they said it's very, you know, well represented. So Ghost of Tsushima is one of those games. Like I said, like maybe after you play it one of these days, we will have a giant episode. I think we could even do two. It's that <sighs> I good. know. <laughs> I know. I, I really do need to hop on that. All right, next up, Sega. We like Sega. Sega is They're pretty cool, yeah. yeah, 2021's publisher of the year on Metacritic. Now, think about it for a second. That's amazing. And I feel like Sega has been on the roll of all roles this this past year. Looking at the 2020 games that were released by sega publishing um last year persona 5 royal that is the top scoring metacritic game of 2020 uh yakuza 0 for the xbox there's puyo puyo tetris 2 which averages 80 on metacritic persona 4 golden for pc averages 87 like a dragon 85 stuff like that there's more yakuza re-releases it's just such a good lineup of games that Sega came out with last year. And with Persona 5 Royal basically taking the crown at the top of Metacritic, um, it's safe to say that I, they're in a good spot. That's really all there is to it. There are some good games on that list. The games, those games alone, and these are all last year, right? Yeah, this was 2020 releases or re-releases. I mean, P, is P5 Royal considered a different game? Would you consider it a different oh, game? Oh, absolutely. There's enough different, there's enough QOL stuff, enough differentiation, enough bonus content to make it feel like the optimal way to play Persona 5. Like, you can't go back to the old one at this point. Obviously, I know that's like your game of all time. Yeah. It's high up there. I mean, that, that alone, I feel like you would give Sega the reward for that yeah. one. Yeah, just in publishing alone. Um, yeah. As for Yakuza... Those games got a HD re-release for 3, 4, and 5 on PS4, and now you can play the Yakuza series on Game Pass on your Series X or Series S. Um, so that series is expanding out. It seems like Sega's doing a lot to expand to other consoles. Shin Megami Tensei 3 coming to PC, I believe PC, but also Switch and PS4. So lots of stuff. I'm, I'm laughing because I just realized that Like a Dragon, because obviously that's part of it too, yeah. the, but Like a Dragon, the front cover has the crawfish in, like, in front of it. Yeah. 
I never realized that it's on his shoulder. I was like, wait a minute. Because you mentioned it. I was yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. and I'm at the store. I'm looking at it. And I was just like, wait a minute. And I see the crawl. Th- this is a good time to mention something I haven't mentioned on here that I forgot to when I talked about the game. But you can call in the crawfish as a summon to help you. See, I want to play that game now so much because everything just sounds so hilarious. Just wait until I talk about the Mario Kart quest and the management oh. mini game. And oh, man. It, it might not happen this week but because uh, I got something else to talk about. But. Yeah, Sega, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Ratchet and Clank got a 60 frames patch. We're talking 2016 Ratchet and Clank, the one that's been free and that's on the PS Plus collection. 60 frames patch, it's out. It got announced earlier this week, it's out, and I'm actually kind of wanting to try it because a big reason of why that game didn't, I didn't really like it as much is because it did run at an awkward 30 for me when I played it, and I was so used to things starting to get into the 60 frames thing, but like we say every something like this tends to happen every week so death stranding where are you red dead where are you? i i i the second i read it they actually went live with it so it wasn't even like a day later they're just like no we're, we're putting it out live so that's why i'm hoping that games like death stranding red dead redemption uh what's another game that still runs at 30 that you would feel like that has to run 60 at this point um that that's, i that's play another one on my mind consistently not much yeah like not much lately i mean god eater 3 would be cool but i i honestly think god eater 3 might be too slow going back to after monster hunter rise <laughs> that's that is true um oh uh mafia 2 definitive edition oh yeah i still stuck at 30 i wish that ran re-releases at 60. should should run at 60 but i guess with optimization of the way that works it doesn't always necessarily happen um i would actually like a ps5 uh, version for death stranding but until that happens a 60 frames patch would be fine but if we can eliminate the load times for that in red dead redemption 2 that'd be quite quite something to behold i mean dude just keep keep betting on death stranding because i bet it on destroying humans and that happened I, I feel like death stranding is a given at this point it's just taking time that's just me though Destroy All Humans literally came out of nowhere and surprised me, but Death Stranding, I, I feel like at some point that. it's gonna happen. Look, Outer Worlds got a 60 frame patch. That's that's the whole Destroy Humans like thing. It's like it just came out of nowhere yeah. and just kind of <laughs> happened. The game literally came out of nowhere. No one thought of a game like that. It's gonna happen. So Insomniac didn't stop there. They released a new patch for Miles Morales that adds a new suit and adds realistic muscle deformation on some suits on the PS5 version. It's a small patch, but they're still giving us more content for Miles Morales, which is awesome in my book, and Insomniac is doing work. That, that's true. I, I can say that it is very true. All right, a couple more things we got this week. A new Pikmin mobile game is coming from Nintendo and Niantic. They do Pokemon Go, so this is probably going to be like Pikmin Go. Um, I read a little synopsis of how this is going to work. Um, it's like real-life Pikmin, and I guess you like find Pikmin seeds and pick Pikmin. And... I don't know, I like Pikmin. See, <laughs> look, there's going to be a day, mark my words, there will be a day... Where Yu-Gi-Oh holograms exist, Mark. That I'm telling you, they will happen. Oh, and some way, shape, no or form, doubt. holograms will be projected. I have no doubt. Look, remember the Eye of Judgment for the PS3? That card I'm game. To, that sounds familiar. <laughs> it was a card game with the eye toy that did like projections of the card in oh, AR on the screen. They did. I remember that now. So. AR is basically kind of what we're going for here, and this Pigman game will be AR, but, like, the projections at some point, sure. Like, real-life projections. Um, so I'm down for a Pikmin mobile game. I, it's probably a lot more manageable than Pokemon Go has gotten. Um, and I played that really, really, I went hard on Pokemon Go when it came out, but I, I, you know, tempered off, so. Yeah. Mobile games, they're they're tough sell for me, but Pikmin. I, I don't know. Mobile games, I can never put that much time into them. Yeah. Pokemon Go was like a, what do we call it, a flash in the pan or something? It was like a spark or something? Like, that's the one mobile game I latched on to for, for quite a while. But it's the mobile game mindset of microtransactions and all that stuff that turns me off. I don't like gotcha mechanics. You know I don't like gotcha mechanics. The only mobile games i've played surprisingly are Jurassic park games and that's it 
I'm pretty sure I've said this on here before, but there was a RoboCop mobile game for the movie, um, and it was really good. And I played it for, like, weeks. So, sometimes they just come out with an oddly good game for mobile. Um, other news. PSVR 2 controller. Looks cool, I guess. I think we forgot to mention this last week, right? Yeah, we did. So, um, obviously this is going to be a bit late, but as my actual opinion, I actually do like the way the controllers look. Yeah, it looks kind of like a glove on both hands. Yeah. There's adaptive triggers and haptic feedback, finger touch detection. So this seems like the next logical step for people who can either handle or have been able to afford or adopt VR, which is, as we know, not super popular. It's games like Borderlands 2 make me want to play VR. And so there's a lot of other games too that make me want to play VR. I think if you can get a game that's both compatible and just... A standalone without vr that's kind of where you're going to get a really good portion of people to really hop on the vr train yeah it's it's not it's not super affordable yeah it's like if you already have 10 games already in your library that are compatible with vr then it's a better sell to be like okay then i could just pick up the vr set if i already like this interested in this vr not like but interested in this vr game and you already have like 10 other games in your in your catalog you're like okay i can they're compatible with it i can use it it's a better uh, sell i would assume have you ever have you ever tried VR? Oh man, I'm trying to think. Like actual VR with the headset? No. Obviously, there's those like cardboard Google stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. That I, stuff, I've not yeah. tried it. I've not tried it, but I have a Labo VR, and I guess you can play Breath of the Wild and portions of Mario Odyssey with that. But I've not built it yet. That <laughs> uh, you see, like stuff like that. I think those don't really capture the full extent of VR. Oh, of course not. So. I would like to meet... Even, like, Minecraft VR sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I've always wanted to try Beat Saber, but having yeah. astigmatism, it's kind of like I would really want to make sure I could, like, do VR before I bought it. Like, I would want to Invest try a demo. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, VR, still, I don't think it's where they want it to be, but, you know, they're going to push it. Yeah. And, yeah. As long as there's not too many like exclusives vr games that look really awesome that can't be played outside of vr like astrobot <laughs> i would love to play that game but it's only compatible with psvr so yeah so that's what i mean like if you get a game that can do both then you can and then a, a good majority of people have vr then you could probably just start doing exclusives from there yeah all right speaking of playstation ps plus games um so Kind of an odd month for people who have PS5. We do get Oddworld Soulstorm, that game they've been kind of showing trailers of and doing deep dives on since the PS5's reveal. We get that for free. It's a day and date. Um, there's also Zombie Army 4 Dead War. I've seen this game around. Not really looked into it, but, you know, it's on Plus. Maybe I'll give it a shot. But the the burn here for, for PS5 owners, I think, is uh, the other game is Days Gone. I thought that was a pretty big burn, too. That's a that's a that's a pretty big burn for PS5 owners. I guess you could argue we did get Control Ultimate Edition, we did get Destruction All Stars, and we did get uh, Maquette all on launch. But still, this is on the Plus Collection. <laughs> I'm not. Com- I I don't think it's. I it's don't think not... we should complain. But at the same time, uh, it's on the Plus Collection. At the same time, even if I didn't have it, I wouldn't care for the game pretty much zombies uh burnt out from that pretty much yeah i haven't tried days gone yet but at some point when i have cleared most of my games maybe i'll try it but that's not gonna happen the way i'm still going. Uh, i'm looking forward to oddworld actually i'm looking yeah i'll give oddworld a try it's gonna be I thought it w- interesting <laughs> i thought it was outer world i woke up and i thought i said outer world and i was just like what and then i saw i was like oh it's still odd i was like oh that's still pretty cool oh if it was outer worlds you'd get a nice 60 frames patch <laughs> yes but um soulstorm yeah i'll play it i'll give it a try it's probably worth at least a run through <sighs> that franchise i mean it's been around for a while it's been around since the ps1 days yeah so there's that we do still, despite the fact that Days Gone is one of the games, we are still getting a, you know, brand new PS5 game. Oh, and of course, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, make sure you claim your copy, anybody who's listening. And you make sure you claim your copy, too. Although, I'm sure you uh, already have. Make, yeah, <laughs> copies. Don't pass up on that one. 
Um, lastly, oh no, two more things. Uh, Binding of Isaac released its final expansion for PC today with console additions to come sooner. Um, just going to toss out there what a great roguelike, what an amazing experience it is to play that game. Um, and I guess this last expansion is like a game-sized expansion. So for something like Isaac, I guess uh, Edmund McMillan, who made the game, said there's like 22,000 different rooms now. So being a roguelike with that much content, I can't think of another roguelike with that much content. I also can't think of another game with that much content unless it's procedurally generated like No Man's Sky or like Minecraft. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's like a 10-year project for him, so I just wanted to uh, put that out there that if you're on PC, you can go ahead and download the the final expansion. It looks like a good time. And the other thing I wanted to say was that Fall Guys Twitter says we have to bring up Fall Guys. Give me those Cajun fries, Mediatonic. Um, Come on. Just drop us, throw us a bone here. So Mediatonic has another game I haven't brought up on the podcast yet that I will one day called Murder by Numbers. It's a detective Phoenix Wrighty type of Picross game. There's a little robot called Scout in it. And starting mm-hmm. on April 2nd, which is the day this episode goes up, Scout will be available as a costume in Fall Guys. It's a little... little 1990s looking computer guy the costume looks amazing it's very cute and fall guys continues to be on a roll i i'm level 36 in the season pass so i would know you were like halfway done with the season pass on the first day yeah <laughs> it's a That's good not season. even like it's not even like you playing it every day like the first day the first night you're already halfway done with it i know it's it's a good season it's a very good season the games are good um I haven't played it the past couple of days because of what we'll get to, but uh, yeah, there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot of things that happen, but yeah, my thing with Fall Guys is I think it's a good game too. But you know how I feel about the team-based games. Yeah, we have our our things with the team-based games that we like and don't like. Um, it might be a good spot in the show right now to mention that uh, in May we will mm-hmm. be having a Fall Guys extravaganza episode. So that is something to look forward to. It'll be a whole episode dedicated to Fall Guys. So look forward to that. We might even have a special guest. Just type into Land Talking as a special guest. <laughs> it's like I was doing here, looking through my papers, and I found <laughs> a Nintendo Direct rumor. Ooh. Woohoo. And it's sponsored by Markers on the Map presents Trial by Energy Drink. This week's flavor is Prologue Peach. And it's for a game called Ultra Monkey Ball. The Monkey Ball Saga is going ultra in an all-new adventure. Join I.I. and friends as they find themselves on fabled islands, war-torn cities, dangerous caverns, fiery volcanoes, and more, and over 200 brand new stages to roll, jump, slide, and spin through. Sounds like basic fare, right? Well, you'd be wrong. This is Ultra Monkey Ball, where I.I. and Friends is just the start. Join forces with the biggest, baddest ape of all, the Mighty Kong, in new mega-sized maps and modes, taking on kaiju both new and classic and a devastatingly huge quest mode. Engage in over a hundred ultra levels, with Kong taking center stage and unleash mayhem with a near endless stream of skills and powers. Tackle formidable foes and bosses in the kaiju crossover of the millennium, from Ultraman to Lord Zed to Godzilla, king of the monsters himself. Equip abilities and parts from your fallen foes, such as Jigan or Ghidorah, to enhance Kong and I.I.'s crew's abilities, level up stats, and drastically alter the cosmetic appearance of your favorite characters. I.I.'s crew gets in on the crossover action by facing off against some of the Power Rangers' most feared villainous henchmen, such as the Putty Patrollers, in their own head-to-head battles. And the over 300 levels total? just the beginning enter into the game's emerging threat mode to take the role of enemy kaiju or henchmen alike as you level them all up through new quest missions and stages of their own with tons of dlc planned through the ultra monkey ball plus ultra pass and no the name is not just for show when the mighty all might joins the fray as a bonus for plus ultra pass holders Nothing is holding the Monkey Ball crew back from going beyond when the Mighty Kong joins up for their grandest adventure yet. 
The crossover potential is huge when Ultra Monkey Ball smashes and rolls its way onto the Nintendo Switch when the time is right and the monsters are ready. Initial thoughts. The licensing nightmare that this must be. Talk about Godzilla, that's already Toho. And then you have Sentai characters from Toei. Yeah. And then you got All Might. From My Hero Academia. Famous (laughs) anime and manga series. And very popular. The manga series. I've been seeing like the newest chapter. It gets pretty crazy. Then the season. Season 5. Another thing. I was playing Yakuza Like a Dragon, as I am wont to do. And there are Sega UFO Catcher Crane Machines. And there was an I.I. in one of them. And I said, I must have this I.I. So I spent like a good half hour (laughs) trying to get it. Trying my hardest to drag it into. And I finally got it. But it's a it's an item that you need to give for a quest, and I'm like, do I go get another one so I can have an I.I. in my inventory? I know. <laughs> but I digress. Monkey Ball. I love Monkey Ball. And I'm thinking the series needs a reinvention. Who better to reinvent the series than Kong himself against a formidable, you know, array of kaiju enemies and, and villains? I mean, Kong's, Kong isn't by Universal. Well, no. No. It's Warner Brothers now, right? I mean, yeah, he's in a Warner Brothers movie, so... I mean, there's still a lot of rights to get to that. Like, going beyond the licensing, the gameplay of Monkey Ball, I'm a big fan of. Now, there are the nonsense levels, and I haven't talked about Banana Blitz HD on here yet, uh, but it's going to roll around at some point when we're doing um, more classic games, because this originally was a Wii game. But um, if they can advance the gameplay and the stages in a way that builds off of that... I'd be fine with that. I I know people aren't a huge fan of that one, um, but if you make the enemies interesting to fight, as opposed to the ones at Banana Blitz, and the boss is cool, as in giant kaiju battles with Kong, or if you're doing the emerging threat mode, whatever kaiju you want to choose, I'm sure you can play as King Ghidorah or Mothra or all of that, then I think we've got a good game on our hands here. Albeit a licensing nightmare. What if... Hear me out. Hear me. I mean, this, this is a kaiju game, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is that giant lobster enemy in one of the, like, Godzilla films, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What if the crayfish from, oh. from Like a Dragon comes and he grows up to be a kaiju? Oh. I mean, they said the DLC pass is coming. I mean, think about it. I mean, think about it. Fight Crab. Oh, Fight Crab. You know, because... Fight Crab, that game we always talk about, but have neither of us have played it yet. <laughs> one day. One day. One day. I think I'm looking more forward to Ultra Monkey Ball than a lot of these rumored games lately. I still I feel like it, if I get this before Fight Crab, it wouldn't be fair. I have to get both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we can compare which kaiju battling game is the best. Although this one does have, you know, classic Monkey Ball stages in it. So maybe it has the upper hand in being like two genres in one. But it's, it's, look, you know who publishes Monkey Ball, right? Sega. Sega. <laughs> I was gonna think. I was. Hold on. Knuckles. How could, how could we possibly go wrong with Sega? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Oh, anyway. Hopefully, this one gets announced on the next direct. So we got games this week, and we're just gonna get the big one out of the way first. Monster Hunter Rise, and <laughs> I want to say so much about this that on our little list, I. I, I wrote down what I need to talk about, and I never do that. I just go off the top of my head. First things first, you and me have played God Eater and God Eater 2. Fantastic mm. games in the hunting genre. Um, I have played Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, Generations, Generations Ultimate, and Monster Hunter World. I will say, oh, and I've played God Eater 3. I will say, out of all those hunter games, Monster Hunter Rise got me into the action faster than any of them. I was hunting a monster in, like, the first half hour of this game. There's, like, oh, yeah, do the tutorial. Okay, the tutorial's fine. It's simple. Whatever. Go fight a monster. I've never gotten into the legitimate part of fighting the monsters in these games quicker than in Rise. So, right off the bat, quick start. And I think the best thing to start with with Monster Hunter Rise is the quality of life improvements. So... 
world was very seamless. The PS4 patch to make it run at 60 on PS5 was very seamless. The load times were fine. Monster Hunter Rise has little to no load times. Everything is right there. In Monster Hunter World, you had a giant hub world where you had to run to everything. You had to run to the smithy to fix your web. You had to run around everywhere. It's, it's like a mess. of It's grand. Monster Hunter Rise, everything is right there. It's all right in front of you. The, the weapon shop is right there, right next to the quests, right next to eating. It's not spread out at all. It's all concentrated in one spot. There is no more hot and cold drinks. If you go into the lava area or you go into the snow area, you no longer have to drink a consumable item to make sure your health isn't draining while you're on it. Um, you can auto-refill your items. When you pick up items off the ground, you don't have to interact with the object three times. No, you hit that ore once and you get all three pieces. Your hunter just taps it all three pieces you want to pick some herbs you touch it when you're running by picks it all up you find honey touch the hive while you're running by picks it all up it auto crafts super potions for you if you are missing some in your inventory so that's cool mobility you have a dog now actually in this game you get three pets right from the start you you get a cat like always i named mine morgana you get a dog i named mine lupon and you get an owl buddy I named mine uh, Arsene. And you can ride the dog. So you no longer even have to run in Monster Hunter. You could just ride the dog and he's way quicker. So the speed of this game is amazing. Um, you have a new feature. The big feature they're touting called the wire bug. The wire bug lets you um, leap up onto walls. You can jump off walls. You can run up walls. You can run on walls. You can use the wire bug to launch yourself at an enemy. You can use the wire bug to ride monsters and use them to fight other monsters so you can get materials by knocking them off. This is all just the basic QOL stuff. And the wire bug combines with some of the carryover skills from Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. So you can use your wire bug to unleash this like incredible thing called the Sakura Slash with the long sword that lets you hit an enemy once and then it'll like do this anime sword slash across the enemy and like it'll hit in the aftermath it'll hit like 50 times so it's not exactly 50 but it looks like it's 50 so like when you're playing online you can make it look like diablo levels of chaos in monster hunter um the multiplayer another quality of life improvement so you've played a little bit of monster hunter world and the multiplayer yeah. is kind of a sore spot for everybody including myself you have to like watch a cut like the leader of the quest has to watch a cutscene so they don't get mm -hmm. spoiled on the monster mm -hmm. and then you might have to do quest search or whatever to find a quest and then you might not find a quest it's completely different in this in this cutscenes can be skipped they're optional as a matter of fact there's barely any story in this one at all it's literally doing what it says on the box that's a big plus yeah skipping this, cutscenes a plus. this is this is monster hunter this is a monster hunter story there's one of those coming out, but this is straight up like, like there's there's little to no cutscenes or story in this game, and the I'm monster in, yeah the monster introductions themselves are funny. They're like there's for Azeros the 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 bear one. He's like or no, it's for Lagambi this like giant rabbit thing. The there's always like a movie like intro for it. It's like is it a bear or is it a hare? It's neither. So beware. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> What? so they do like little rhymes oh. for all of them they make them look real menacing but yeah in this one you can do a gathering hub where you can join a team of four people that you want to play with and enter missions with them or you can join a request you don't have to search for a request like you did in world you click a mission that you want to join and the game will take you into that mission it will load you in almost instantly and since the game is new and this is Monster Hunter, it's very popular, it will continue to do that for years. <laughs> so that's how I've gotten my way through most of high rank so far is by joining those um, requests and helping people fight monsters. The scaling in multiplayer is not like World. World, I believe, scaled monsters for solo health and multiplayer health. In Rise, I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe it does scale based on how many people are there. But everything is so snappy and nice that 
it it's just such a joy to play um there are some new monsters great azuchi is kind of your tutorial monster he's all right tetronodon is like a like a kappa like platypus sumo wrestler thing it is very cool and i of course like the color of it there's uh bishaten who is an ape that uses its tail to do attacks and it will throw fruit at you and you can use that fruit to like throw back at it if you need some of them heal you there is Goss Harag, who I've fought once, he is like an ice behemoth looking thing um, that gets like ice swords for arms. There's Magnamalo, he's the one on the cover. That is the only solo mission I fainted once on was Magnamalo. Uh, so I'm pretty proud of myself, <laughs> especially for doing the one where he had to fight Almudron, a brand new, like, snake-looking dragon thing. Rathalos and Zinogre in the same mission to get the promotion to high rank 3 missions. Um, there's also Somnicanth, who's a very cool design. And a lot of returning monsters as well. There are some new Elder Dragons. They are found in this new mission type called Rampages, which is like a Monster Hunter Tower Defense mode. It's fine. It's more fun to do with multiple people. That's the mode I can't see myself doing single player, like, ever. Because the tutorial for it was like, ugh, I don't really like the Rampages. Um, but I think the coolest of the new monsters is one you fight at the end of 6-star high rank. It's called Rachna Kadaki. It is a giant spider, and it is one of the coolest and most inspired uh, Monster Hunter designs I've ever seen. It is very... It is a very intense and long fight, but this thing just moves forward and backwards. It shoots out webs and makes some kind of giant, like, rock thing that it tries to smash you with. So there's a lot of variety here. It's not like World where most things were wyverns and, like, dragon-based. No, there is a lot more beasts in this game than in, in, in Monster Hunter World. There are some returning ones, like Anjanath, the one that's like a T-Rex. And surprisingly... Juratotis, something I hated fighting because it was so boring in Monster Hunter World, is a high rank exclusive in this, and I don't think I've ever been so more excited to fight Juratotis's when he came out because this game just makes all the old ones feel really awesome too. So, Monster Hunter Rise, the speed, the pure joy, like, I've, I've got 27 hours on this game. It's been out since Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Just this sheer joy I have in playing this game. It's it's like, this is what I want. To hunt monsters. I literally go out and I hunt monsters. There's, there's no filler here. It is monster hunting at its purest level. And I would say that this is one of the rare times, and, and this doesn't happen all the time, when just after that initial week... I would give this one of the highest recommendations. It is the pinnacle of the genre, and there's they have no choice but to continue to build Monster Hunter off of the improvements that they've made here. It is insane. This game, and there's going to be free monsters and free DLC content coming too. I know Camellios and Apex Rathalos are coming this month, so that's all I got to say for now on Monster Hunter Rise. It is it is absolutely a purchase. <laughs> it says a lot when this game is like what your top fifteen most played Switch game. Yeah, it's it's cracked the top twenty as of our recording, and you know around there is when the games start to have the same time. So it'll be it'll be tops here pretty soon. I can't get enough of it. Just everything about it, everything about it is so streamlined and good for just getting in and playing. You know, like Monster Hunter is is about preparing before the quest but this eliminates a lot of that busy work everything is seamless everything is close to each other you don't have to run around or go to a bunch of different areas there's a quick travel even in the menu and just i cannot say enough good things about this one not to mention the art style and we've brought this up before is more mm -hmm. like generations ultimate fantastic colorful beautiful art style the maps are amazing Dude, even on the missions where you have to go gather items, it tells you on the map where the items are. It's amazing. The quality of life in Monster Hunter Rise is such a jump from even world that I don't even think I could go back to world. Yeah, not not to drag down world as obviously there's people that like it, but when I played it, it was just too much for me. 
It was too much. It, it's the setup. It's a, it's really confusing. Yeah, setting it up was way too much. You have the right gear, specific gear, this and that. Cutscenes, like, all that stuff was just too much for me. Yeah, this I mean, more I own. think in Rise they even reduced the amount of items. I could be wrong about this, but I, it feels like they reduced the amount of items you need to grind for. So you are continually getting into the action. You are fighting bigger, badder monsters. And... Once you unlock them all, you can go fight whatever you want. I might even try a second weapon. I'm always running longsword, but I'm really itching to try a second weapon just because this game feels so good to play. It's it's on the level of quickness that God Eater 3 didn't even reach. So I am nothing but impressed by this game so far. The only drawback is the rampages, but doing those with multiplayer is a lot easier. So... That's Monster Hunter Rise. It's from our friends at Capcom. Now, I played a, I played a game from Capcom earlier this year that I'm not too big on, but Capcom, I gotta say, they're probably the most consistent, like, in terms of my taste, so. They had a bad patch in, like, the early 2000s. Yeah. 10s, like, in 2010s, like, it was a really bad patch, for, like, set for them, but recently, they've been, they've been doing very well. They knocked it out of the park, dude. Like, this game... I can't. I this game almost feels like a fever dream. It's so good. <laughs> I I very very little do I constantly think about a game when I'm not playing it as I have with this. So I'm thinking about this game right now. I'm not even gonna play it tonight because I'm watching Godzilla vs Kong. Oh, <laughs> anyway, what you been playing? Uh, so what I've been playing is uh, Siege every April. Every April Fool is basically April first. They have a like a a funny joke just kind of like you know a goof here and there you know just have a mm-hmm. laugh here and there uh they're doing an event again because they did it last year called rainbow is magic and this is not a new event but at the same time it's actually like an event that people actually like it's right back because people actually like how funny it was just like oh this is hilarious like oh siege is such a i want to say gritty like you would assume gritty, but it's very realistic and it's not funny or playful like Overwatch type of like a uh, hero shooter. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny when you get a colorful area and a colorful like map and all these like colorful things in a game like that. It's kind of funny. It kind of brings a little joy to it. Yeah. So uh, you know re- that's returning. Uh, that sh- that was up I think the thirtieth. So this is the day after it came out. So it should be here till like the fifth, April fifth. Kind of like the um, lightsabers adding a little fun to for honor when they did that for for star wars day a few years back they did that was pretty fun ubisoft is pretty solid at these fun little gimmicky events that that they tend to do with these games very i like i like that the star wars one yeah it was good other than that so i've been in that so obviously siege is is a regular for me but uh recently i got back into borderlands 3 and i was kind of yeah i I was kind of see borderlands I'll say this about Borderlands 3. It's my favorite gameplay-wise. Like, honestly, it's the best without a question. But story-wise and character-wise, I still think 2 is my favorite. I don't think you can ever beat Zero and Krieg as characters. Even Salvador and, like, Gage and all. Like, those are, like, top characters of all time. Yeah, Gage is amazing. But my dream game of that would be Borderlands 2 story and characters and all that good stuff. But less focus on like really putting on the whole slag mechanic because that does kind of like turn away a lot of like people from going further on than like i guess like level 50 would be the cap to them because once you get to like ultimate vault hunter mode you really do get like fatigue of how much stuff you really need and just like i have to you know have at least one slag weapon either a grenade mod or a gun slot so it's just like eh. two i feel like if they cut back on that Obviously, just give it Borderlands the scaling of three. Engine. Yeah, right. like basically give it the scaling of three, the engine of three, and the gameplay of three, but the story of two with the characters, I think that's like the best Borderlands you can probably get yeah. at this moment. I just feel like there's a reason they decided to build off the scaling of pre-sequel for three, because they saw it was like heading in the right direction for, you know, getting into it better, I guess. Yeah, but three, I, I still like, so I did something that I think most people would not do. Uh, instead of me starting a completely new character, which some people would just be like, just start a new character, I reset my Flax story mode. So, 
uh, True Vault Remote, I reset the entire story. So all the missions, all the side missions I did, they basically were reset to uh, being brand new. And that's like a good chunk of time that I put into those. But it's because when I first did it, I was like, level 50 was the max. Now it's 65. You're so, still level 65 though, right? Yeah, I'm still 65. Okay, so it keeps the play time and the level and all that. It's not like you start yeah, a new keep, character. Yeah, no, no, it's not, it's not, it doesn't keep it at 50. It's the same levels and everything, just the whole stories inside missions. Yeah, it's just do the reset. reset option. Yeah. I want certain gear that can, you can only get story base. And I didn't feel like running a whole new character, but I also didn't feel like taking that away from some existing characters. I was like, well, regardless if I take it from this character and give it to the one I mainly use, I still want to have that for this character. It's like, you know what? Let me just, you know, rip off the band-aid. Let me just reset flag. Because honestly, I've been wanting to do it too. Because I'm like, I don't like how there's so much stuff on the screen, like all the side missions, but I really yeah. don't want to go to each single planet to do it. So I was just like, you know what? I'll just play the game, do all the side missions, and just do all the DLC to get not only all the gear that I want, because I'm playing it on Mayhem 10, so I'll probably get gear along the way. But also get uh all everything just out of the way and playstation's having a sale right now i think it's like their spring sale uh season pass 2 20 bucks not bad not bad at all especially with that new stuff coming out on the 8th and that little tiny roguelike mode that they have is pretty cool as well plus you get the new skill trees yeah so no brainer i picked that up 20 bucks so i've been playing with like so it is not just me replaying the game again i at least have a new skill tree to play with i have new you know a new modes to look forward to like oh after this i can do the 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 accident in salvador uh dlc road like mode and then i can do the upcoming dlc after i beat this dlc it's not a it's not a hard game to replay too it's the game i've replayed the most it's actually the game i've played the most ever at over 400 hours borderlands 3 (laughs) I mean, once they added the you can skip cutscenes, that honestly made replaying the stories easier because you just skip everything. If you know where to go and you know where everything is, you can just skip through all that, get everything you need. need I mean, every time we play, we're usually just on autopilot, not even paying attention, but just actually going through the game. (laughs) That's true. Uh, We usually talk about either ideas for the podcast or just... I think that's actually some some things we yeah. Well, recently some of our doing, best but... ideas have come while playing Borderlands Three. Yeah, that's, but uh, yeah, kind of just, and that's what I feel like Two is like. It's good, but man, it really does it really does bite when you have to be like ultimate and you have to stay focused because if you make one mistake or this and that, like you're just gonna be demolished and just like run down by all these enemies. So it's just like Three is a good gameplay because oh it's great gameplay because you can just kind of not focus so hard on it but it's it gives not you to options where it's boring yeah it gives you options where it can be tough but you can scale it back down and you know still have a good time with it yeah nothing wrong with scaling the difficulty back i do it all the time in games especially when they get frustrating <laughs> i mean sometimes you just want to win a game true sometimes you just want to go through beat the game Sometimes you want to see a good story. This is why I play Shin Megami Tensei and Persona on not safety, but on easy. Because on safety, there are things like you can end up missing conversations with Personas, I think. But I play it on easy. Why? Because I'm more interested in the story, even though the gameplay in those is good. So easy mode, not a problem. I mean, easy mode exists for a reason. It's just, that's the whole point. It's yeah. easy. You can just I, have a good time. I never it. mock somebody for good for doing easy mode. I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Come on, think about it like this. You beat, you platted Sekiro and Bloodborne. True, and I've I don't have anything Donkey- left to prove. Yeah, I've beaten Donkey Kong Country, like, two, uh, what's it, Animal Antics, like, without having those save states. Like, yeah. I did it all the way through. I've beaten, like, oh, there's so many games that we've just beaten, it's just like, we have nothing to prove. We know we can beat games in time and effort, but sometimes you just want to play a game. Yeah. So, I will talk about Like a Dragon another episode. But I did play one other thing real quick. And I only played it for a little. Disco Elysium released for PS5. I'm going to put it on hold until after I finish Like a Dragon. Because when I play this, based on the hour or so I've played so far, this is a game that demands the attention of all your gaming time. This is something you have to sit down and invest in. It is all reading. But it is so good. It is 
incredible. All the dialogue is voiced. There's like a million lines and the person that voices, I think his name is Lenville Brown. He voices like 350,000 words of the script. He voices, in that game you have 24 thoughts, like 24 parts of the mind that are given a voice. And you can level up and these things can be affected and they'll talk to you. He voices all of them. So I will say, a first impression, Disco Elysium is amazing. I didn't know what I looked like until I looked in the mirror. I was very excited to do that part. I'm playing as a character who knows a lot. So because he knows a lot, an encyclopedia portion of his mind will chime in with lore and details sometimes that you don't even care about. But it's there. And as I get into it, which I really want to soon, but it's going to have to wait. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to talking about it probably spoiler free on the on the show um it is 100 percent a book though this is this is more book than game this is a dialogue and text heavy choice heavy where your your responses will affect the outcomes of things but this is this is no like this is a daunting task of a game being a book and all so I will, <laughs> I'll talk about it in the future. But you said it was more uh, book than game. It is more and book thought, than game. <laughs> what if there's a book that's more game than book, and there is a game that's more book than game, or that's more game than book, like a Dungeons and Dragons monster manual? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're they're dudes, but like Boris Waldo, they're more games than books. Actually, this game is um, tabletop ish. It you're dialogue and skill checks are all done with dice rolls so i ended up actually losing my character lost because i missed a dice roll or i chose the wrong thing when i was interacting with the car it's a very daunting game and it's something that i think demands more attention than i can give it while monster hunter and like a dragon is going on so i have it it was 20 percent off launch week so by the time this podcast goes up it should still be until like the 5th of april or something but i've been looking forward to this one for couple i think it came out in 2019 so it's been a while it's finally on console so give it a try if you like tabletop rpgs or you are interested in something like that with a with a good plot that's sure to be absolutely insane from what i'm hearing so disco elysium that's all i wanted to say about that i do have it i have tried it but it's not gonna it it's not going to quote unquote happen for for a while longer while other things are going on so that about wrap us up for this one yeah this should be wrapping the whole week so a lot of good stuff um we're getting into april there's a lot to look forward to there is pokemon snap at the end of the month with returnal there's star wars republic commando uh that's going to probably not be next week but the week after um limited run already announced a physical release of it so i'm very excited uh, dude they sent me an email that the scott pilgrim uh, standard edition is going to start shipping soon i'm very surprised <laughs> i thought that was going to take a lot longer so yeah april i think there's a lot to look forward to and i think one of the bigger things for us is that borderlands dlc coming out uh next thursday oh, so yeah. anyway like always guys we'd like to thank anybody and everybody who listens to the podcast um you can listen to it on apple Podcasts. that's the best place please rate and review um, we're trying to get the podcast out there. Um, but you can also listen on Google Podcasts or Spotify or our Podbean site. But I think Apple Podcasts would be the place to be. And you remember earlier, uh, Robert, I said that some news would come full circle by the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Well, Sega, Sega, you madmen, you top publisher of 2020 on Metacritic, Sega. Could you please, pretty please, with sprinkles on top and a little little chocolate syrup and whipped cream and, and a little cherry, please re-release Sonic 3 and Knuckles with the original Ice Cap Zone music. It means a lot. And it would mean a lot. And if you're not going to re-release Sonic 3 and Knuckles with the original Ice Cap Zone music, at least make Mania 2 and have T-Lopes make a real dope remix of Ice Cap Zone in that. I would settle for that. But... It remains to be seen. And the real Tony Hawk's American Wasteland was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Later.